Raisin Man Arena. One, two, three, four, five. All right. It's it's capturing my voice. <clears throat> Our voices are being captured. Welcome to Raisin Man Arena. Raisin Man Arena. I, in preparation for this, I did the thing while you were getting coffee where I looked at the news thinking, hmm, what, what, what thing should I talk about on my podcast? What's in the news? It was so silly that like this, this is what, this is what like being a podcaster is like the experience of podcasting is the most pathetic thing in the world. Yeah. Well, wait, hold on. I have, I have like a little bit of watermelon in my throat. Hold on. Hmm, This is really bothering me. Wait. Okay. There it is. It went down my throat. It was like stuck in the. I, I was looking at the front page of the New York Times, and then when you started clearing your throat, I swatch, switched back to the camera because I was like, is Felipe doing a bit? And should I like try and yes and do this <laughs> you bit? You try, try to build <laughs> <Yeah>. it out? <laughs> no, I had, I, I seriously had a bit of watermelon stuck in my throat. No, no joke. It, <laughs> it, was, it, was a big, it was a big penis that was stuck in your throat. No! <laughs> no, it was a small penis, dude. It uh, it was a tiny little penis, and then when you cleared your throat, a little fart came out. Mm-hmm. A little fart with cum. Man, it's good that Sarah's not here, huh? <laughs> um, oh, sure. I'll say that uh, today, Sarah last episode, we had a Sam last episode um, two weeks ago. Now this is the Sarah last episode. And then, uh, do you think you and Sarah could do a meless episode? I think so. You you would have to hand over the keys to your Twitch streaming uh, functions, and I think that would be a negotiation that would be more difficult than doing the podcast itself. Well, I, there's nothing to negotiate. I would hand it over. I think the problem oh, okay. is whether or not you guys can run it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it would certainly, <laughs> there would certainly be less videos on it, um, but... I think it would be fine. What we'd what we'd lack in media, we'd make up for inside of kind of emotional depth. Yeah, honesty. Well, the other day, uh, Sarah said, "Wait, was this on pod where she was like, I could imagine doing one with you, and I could imagine you and Sam doing one, but I couldn't imagine me and Sam doing one." And then I was like, "Oh no! Oh wow! Is that for some reason of like honesty?" And she was like, "No, it's just because we don't know the tech." <laughs> <laughs> yeah waiting for a big bomb to drop yeah. about our relationship <laughs> yeah i know me too i was kind of flattered but then she's like no just you don't we don't know how to i think i think you guys would figure it out i was um i haven't seen you in a bit actually this is like the first time we talk like you yeah because you yeah. were gone i know it's funny the first time we talk it's recorded mm-hmm. yeah i mean not the first first time but like i don't really know that much about when you were away well, it was it was um really fun. I had a lot of fun with my family. Like usually I don't or or there's I think there's some sort of maybe there's two problems with my me hanging out with my family. And one is we don't talk about politics enough. Uh for, and I think it creates a feeling of sort of lack of intimacy because there's like I feel like there's certain places in discussion we're not allowed to go. And then secondly, I mean, so many people wish that their families talked less about politics. Yeah, ours, I think, really doesn't. Or like we used huh. to a ton, but then we didn't. 
didn't anymore, don't anymore. And we became one of those families that's like, let's not talk about this. Um, <laughs> Why is it because <laughs> is it because there's a big split in your family now? I think, and I've said this as much to my family, so uh, nothing's being divulged here that hasn't considered them directly. But I think it's because I think my oldest brother sort of originally felt it kind of alienating. And so, and there was a period of time in which he lived at home with my parents a lot, like after college with Lily. And I think through the course of him spending so much time at the different houses, he sort of like inserted into the culture a like, let's not talk about this vibe. And it made but is it, it like... Cause he's, cause, is it because he's the least left wing of all your family? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I also think there are things that are difficult, but, but also in that time, like all our political beliefs has kind of fractured and our sort of media ecosystems, as you called it, have also like really diversified and changed. So none of us are like reading or listening to the same things. So we all, we think pretty different things or there's enough point of differentiation that it's like interesting to talk about. And, you know, like I think about that stuff all day and I love talking about that stuff with you. And I come home to my family and it's like, oh, it's weird to not like be able to share this part of me or something like that. Do you and Lily have different politics? I feel like my imagine I imagine that you would have similar politics, but it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I think we sort of we disagree on certain things like she's I think she really was like she thinks doing blackface is wrong. You know, it's funny. She did blackface once. <laughs> Wait, really? When? <laughs> yeah. When she was a little kid, uh, we all had to dress up as like American uh, history figures. And she dressed up as Harriet Tubman. And my oh. mom put her into blackface. <laughs> Dude, in Argentina, that's like kids do that all the time. In fact, I'm sure either I did it or I was like in, like in a play where there were kids. It's very common in Argentina. Not good, mm. but common. Mm. Yeah, well, now I lord that over her, and I can lord that over you now, Felipe, now that you've told me. <laughs> well, I can't confirm that I wore it. I seem to remember <laughs> it, but I don't know. <laughs> this, this person asked me on a date uh, last night what, what... Is it someone if I know? I were to, Victoria. Uh, oh, cool. Copy if that. I were to Damn, get... Damn, she's back. Wait. <laughs> we talked about her so much. In the, I know. Uh, and now she's back. She broke your heart, and now she <laughs> comes crawling back. Did we say that she had come back? I don't know if we did. Well, we talked about her on the pod, then she broke up with Sam, and then... Yeah, and then she weeks. was like, well, maybe I do want to date you again. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. She should have just stu st stood in her stance, you know? Yeah. Nothing you like should tell her that. When she asks yeah. you again, you say, pathetic. Well, it's, well it's, maybe it's me who, who should feel ashamed, because she was like, I was dating this other person, and he, and he's like... I wanted to date other people and I don't really want to date you so much. And so essentially he broke up with her. So you were so the second, you were exactly. second tier. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait, hold on. But I, I'm, I got you way off course. What were you going to say about her? She asked me, do, if you were to get canceled for anything, what would it be? Uh, huh. And my, my answer was for some sort of like misunderstood, like sexual uh, interaction would would certainly be it for me but now i know yours which is that you you're you did blackface when you were a child well i don't know if this is like something to share but <laughs> the other day a friend of mine from high school sent me a picture of me from high school like um 
doing something on camera that was uh compromising mm. um just like a joke i was making but i i saw it with today's eyes and i thought that's not good so yes. i found the person on facebook who had posted the picture and i asked her i said could you take this down and she said haha yeah no problem and i loved her so much for saying that not a person that i was like very good friends but she like no questions she was like yeah i'll take this down she was like what are you let me send me the links to your podcast and your twitter and and, and ig <laughs> uh yeah i'll put it down but you need to do a public apology <laughs> Um, so you feel like you don't talk about politics with your family and so that makes it feel less intimate? Yes. And then the other thing is I often feel like I'm not funny <laughs> when I'm with my family. And this well, you time said you were making I, them laugh. I know. I was making them laugh. And I was like, oh, it's so good to make my family laugh. Like sometimes I feel like, oh, like when I'm with my friends, like I know what makes them giggle. But when I'm with my family, like it's th there's there's something amiss. And so there was a real joy in like being able to make everybody chuckle. They're all, they're all in the kitchen cooking and you come out of the bathroom with your pants around your ankles and you go, I couldn't do to. <laughs> and then they're all laughing. <laughs> yeah. And you step in a bucket and fall down and they go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are, or the other version, which is they all listen to come town now so they can just, they laugh every time I'm, I'm like, uh, mom, this thing is gay that you cooked, you know, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I, uh, I find more or less, um, that, uh, what do you call it? I found more or less that my family either doesn't disagree in like huge, huge ways or doesn't care. Uh, so it's not, but I did find one funny rift, which was that I told, oh, my dad, we were in the car and my dad was like, I saw that on the last Raisin Man, you talked about Randy Rainbow. What did you say about Randy Rainbow? And I was like, oh, we just made fun of him for being corny or whatever. And I was like, do you know Randy Rainbow? And my parents were like, yeah, of course. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually felt really bad. I was like, I was like, look, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rob you of the pleasure of liking Randy Rainbow. <laughs> like you should like it. That's fine. I don't want to topple your gods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was trying to be like diplomatic. I was like, Hey, like I just, just put yourself in my position. To me, he's corny and he represents this worldview that this political ideology that it's it's mostly innocuous. He's not hurting anybody, you know, but it represents a thing that's that's bad. And these are the things, you know, like a kind of, I don't know, uh, sort of uh, liberal kind of a desire to not see, you know, to, yes. to not question any further, all those things, whatever, you know. But But, you know, my dad was just like, well, you know, he like, he he makes parodies of uh broadway songs and they're very good and i was like yeah 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 that's fine he's good he's good and i was and i was trying to be like and i was trying to find kind of a middle road where i was like L listen i've watched a ton of his videos i like them i was like ironically but i like them i think he's got a lot of craft <laughs> um but yeah. that that felt that felt like a moment where brother where I, just, just i was wait really till shaking they... their their foundations of their world <laughs> Well, just wait till they get their hands on uh, the posting menace and and mm -hmm. lunch enjoyer, you know, yeah. and then they'll take you for a ride. Yeah, that's true. Kind of I know because well, they were like, 
they were like, why isn't there anybody that like says your the shit you whatever you know? And I was like, there are, and and I <laughs> and I was why like, why doesn't you know, anyone like your dumb shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, whatever. I guess Chapo, but he's like, he's like, well, that's so niche, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, but then you can't make a perfect analogy. It is niche, but then again, so is, you know. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't know a bunch of the stuff Randy Rainbow's talking about. And besides, all culture starts, you know, The Daily Show was like an alt thing and then it became hegemonic. So who's to say? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. It, like, it gets back to that thing you were talking about, about like the different um, media ecosystems that your parents uh, imbibe versus you. And like when I was talking with my parents, it, it like really became so clear to me how much they hate trump and like how oh, much yeah, big time. trump is like a, a a very huge like existential threat to this country to the things that they believe in and that's not like that's not really something that's that i think people in my media ecosystem and friend group like really believe well, I mean, or, or, or I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't want to go so far, yes. so far into the like edge lord thing that you don't. I mean, I think he is a bad dude. You're terrible, terrible. <laughs> but, but that, but this <laughs> is one the, bad like, ombre. The, the silly like dance you have to do every time. But it's like that's not. That's um. The media has chosen to focus on Trump, in a way that actually sort of obscures the important things to, to like talk about and analyze about the state of the world. And oftentimes right. the thing they, the things they get Trump get wrong. The things they talk about Trump uh, are like the wrong things to talk about him. You know, yeah. like, like all like his sort of like political slip ups or like, or like I was on a walk with, with, um, our friend, my dad's friend at the beginning of my vacation, he was like, I just don't understand like why like Christian uh, fundamentalists like love Trump because Trump's like antithetical to like everything they believe and like everything that's true, like about the Christian faith and Christian values. And I, I guess I don't, I don't think that's like a, that misses the point of what's like appealing about Trump to Christians and is like, uh, it's the it's the it it ignores like a material analysis, you know, right? Yeah, or like a historical. It's funny. I this isn't going to be very funny, but I um, uh, my I asked for my for an e reader for my birthday. Um, I don't know why I suddenly kind of was like that would be a cool thing. Wait, to what's have. an e reader? Is that like a Kindle? like a tablet? Yeah, but not a Kindle. Okay. I got the other. I got another one that's a different brand. And I, but it's I the same thing. It's just books on like a tablet. Yeah, yeah, or and it's funny because I found myself like wanting to read more, and I was like, "Am I really this like ten year old brain that sees something on a screen?" And I'm like, "This is fun." <laughs> <laughs> I like spent all morning reading, and usually I go to the bathroom with my phone but then i was going into the bathroom with the e-reader i was like wow. am i this easy am i this wow. easy to fool if it's on yeah, a screen yeah. they'll look at it more you've really hacked it maybe that's the hack felipe i my willie just was like i he was like i just read a pdf of a book and i'll send it to you and i hate reading books on pdfs it was the first time i ever did it so you can give it a try it's good and i thought yes i hate reading stuff as as a PDF, like on, on a screen. And it's funny that it's, it's the exact opposite with you. 
when it comes upon a screen, that's when it takes interest. No, for you. I'll say this: I don't like reading phone. I don't like reading books on my phone. That's really tiring. And also, mm. the internet's there, so it keeps getting distracting. But but you know, there's the, so much scrolling. Your thumb gets tired. Uh, yeah, because there's a, yeah, yeah, and All also right, my wrist cool. gets tired from jacking <laughs> off. Is that sort of the place you were going? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'll be reading and I'll be scrolling and then I'll also be jacking off and my thumb and my wrist will get tired. And I'll yes. go, oh, my thumb and my wrist are tired. Yeah. And your and your jaw's really tired because you're you're sucking a <laughs> penis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe we should just call Sarah and get her in on this. <laughs> um but um no, but you know, whatever. I don't want this to become an ad for the e-reader, but it. The screen is easier on your eyes. Uh, it's bigger. There's no internet. Um, you know, you're not getting looking at other shit. It's just made to be better at read. Like it, and it's. I'll say this. I, it's kind of magical. Like you just have this little thin thing in your hand, and and I've. What's funny is I have a phone. A phone is so much more powerful than an e-reader. You can go mm. on the internet and watch videos, but something about the e-reader, and you think there's a whole there's many books inside of this. And, yeah, and it looks like paper. You set it down, and it looks like paper. And there's this other crazy thing that when you turn it off, there's still an image on the screen. It says "powered off," and then there's a picture of the last book you are reading. And it's almost as if printed on the screen, like ink or something. I can't. I don't know. I guess there's mm. a there's a name for the technology. But, anyways, the point I was trying to get to is that I started reading this book called um, "The Coming of the Storm." Mm -hmm. I can't remember. It's by this historian, but he wrote these three books. About like the conservative movement in the U.S. And so the first one is about, I keep forgetting his fucking name, the 60s, like early populist, uh, racist guy who ran for president. Yeah, Goldwater, Barry Goldwater. This is about Goldwater. And anyways, why the hell? Oh, I guess just because I think I think that, that that's a history that shows you how all these different constituencies were tied up together in the modern conservative movement. He hasn't talked about religion, but I know that I know that evangelicals are like a big part of that story and mm. and not just evangelicals like writ large, but evangelicals in a that were in a specific part of the country belong to a certain class race, like uh, a bunch of demographic factors. But but anyways, it's been interesting to read it. Hmm. Hmm. What, what else? What other takeaways have you had from the book? Well, any surprises? <clears throat> I mean, I just read the first chapter, but basically, <laughs> but basically <laughs> the, the story it lays out is that. And then I'm, I downloaded a little app onto my e-reader. I, I downloaded a an game. app that, yes, that it, it takes the, the book and then it gives you uh, like funny jokes about it. Um, no, the, I think the, the big, the big story is telling is that up until the early 60s or through the 60s um liberalism was hegemonic kind of hegemonic in american politics um because after mm. the new deal um and it's it's interesting it's it's a picture they paint a picture that's like so different than the world we live in now but he he's like journalists and commentators were like this is this is going to be a liberal like you like a conservative won't be elected into office again like it's like li liberals sort of had the moral high ground um there was like 
the way that we now think about conservatism, where like balancing the budget is the thing everybody has to say, it was the same, but for like expanding the welfare state. Um, and, yeah. and, and so basically the, the, the story is how certain key players and it, it focuses on this one guy whose name is Clarence. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was like, uh, a conservative radio host. The, the 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 book begins by telling sort of his biography as a sort of entry point into this the bigger story that he's trying to tell but basically how all of these people all these conservatives saw that there was this like place that you could exploit the political system which was that the parties were sort of misaligned quote unquote right like there were there were different coalitions inside of each party so there were like in the democratic party there were segregationists but there were also liberals in the north and the the republicans also had conservatives and liberals and so i think that um these conservatives were like oh this is this is a voting block that we can consolidate um yeah and and essentially like create a constituency like invent it but why did I bring that up? Oh, just because it's funny, like all of the things that the book says about conservatives in the 50s and 60s, I think are sort of said now about the the left. And also also when I say liberalism was hegemonic, it also it, it's not necessarily like it was totally like like socialism. You know, I, I don't know. It starts to talk a little bit about the relationship between the New Deal and Wall Street, and there was some sort of connection there, but maybe you know more about that than I do. But it basically, like, the conservatives were like, it's really hard to fight the left. They're really organized. And they really were, I guess. There were, like, unions that were very powerful, and and it was mm-hmm. a movement that was, like, well-funded. And uh, I feel it's kind of the opposite of, of now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, it's funny to think of like to 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 have the clarity of vision to be like, oh, I'm not, to, and put myself in the shoes of like a conservative in the '60s, where you're like, oh yes, the opposing coalition is so big and strong, I can't beat it as it is, but I know it's like anatomy enough that like I know which sections to like pry away from it and bring to me and what like language will do that um and messaging will do that it's just like a f- interesting headspace to put oneself in well i like, also think oh sorry go oh i guess it's just like I, I, it just brings me back to that that book like the uh we've got the people where it's like oh like the democratic party is like what what it wants from the republican or conservative coalition is like uh suburban uh, like sort of centrist leaning voters uh, and what the left wants from like the conservative coalition is like, uh, well, they want people who one don't vote or who are like work very working class um, and, and rural. And like that, those are like the, those are like the two, the two anatomies that each part of the Democratic Party, like different wings of the Democratic Party are like going after. It's interesting which one would you think will end up being like a winning strategy? Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this and maybe we can cut it off because it's not so funny. But um, it does seem one thing I, I'm kind of curious to keep reading about is like there is also in the in the proposal of the conservatives in this book, something that seems like or it seems to me like it also could be an uneasy alliance, which is basically that 
as I best understand it, there was sort of big American business benefited from um, or or found ways to benefit from um, like an expanded government. And so I think a lot of the people, at least in the beginning, that were recruited into this movement or that were susceptible to this movement were small business owners. But then I'm thinking like, well, isn't that the alliance that exists now, which is like the Republic? I mean, I guess both parties sort of represent roughly like the same class of people, but with with Republicans, you have sort of small business owners, but then also like, um, like American industry. Am I wrong about that? That there's, there, I mean, I guess, I guess, I don't know who's voting for who, but isn't that that those two seem like they could be potentially um antagonistic? Totally to each totally. other, and it, yeah, and it, and it's like remarkable that like a lot of the political language that Republicans have adopted is like for talking about American business and American small business. But what really, what really they mean is like big business in the U S and, and big, big business interests. Um, I would argue, but, but like you sort of, you can, you can wrap, you can sort of do a rhetorical trick and like wrap those actually opposing like teams into one category and appeal to both of them by being like, Oh, like we want to, you know, encourage entrepreneurship and like uh, help small businesses and like the big titans of industry know that you're really going like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. What we're really talking about is like tax write offs for big business and deregulating the like labor market and stuff like that. You got some bananas in the background there. I know, brother. And I, I also got almonds, which I put in my, no! I put it in my room because I would eat them. I knew you would eat them. I I might. I might. Not if you tell me not to, though. Maybe. If you tell Mm. me I can have a few, then you're cooked. But if you say you can't have any... That's true. I need to give you, like, clear guardrails and a limit. Mm -hmm. I'm like a child. That's that's not fair, because that puts me in the position of having to, to, to say no definitively to you, whereas all my training tells me that Oh, Felipe is my good friend. I should I should give him what he wants within means, you know? No, I'm telling you, Sam, there is a there is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde within me. And I, I and I'm telling you, you need to help me clamp down the hide. No, 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 no. You you can't outsource the regulation of your own desires to the people around you. Okay. I am I'm managing I'm managing my my impulses and habits the best way I know how. Yes. Surrounding yourself by loving friends who, mm-hmm. who kind of permit you to do bad behavior. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I don't, if I were there now, I wouldn't have any ailments because I don't want any. So and in any case, it doesn't matter because I'm not over there. Fair I'm enough. In, oh, I'm in Connecticut. Maybe I should have made that clear. I came to Connecticut. Oh, well, I'm, fuck. I'm, I'm, I I'm also should have made a PS5 it. right now sitting on my damn bed. And no, I know you want a bit of that. PS5. Yep. No. Uh, Mom, dad. We're going back to New York. Charter a plane, <laughs> Charter Dad. <a> plane. <laughs> Please, Dad Get the Cessna. Get the yeah. Cessna uh, engine running. I, not that, not that literally anybody cares. Nobody cares. But on the last episode, we said that Sarah had COVID, and we have since found out that she probably didn't have COVID. So mm. we really kind of did a soap opera turn there. You know, it's like. 
the character died, watch next episode to find out what happens, and then the character didn't die. Felipe, I got a, a kind of provocative question for you, which Please, is what, hit me with what, it. What what would happen to you if I said, no, I actually do want to keep talking about politics. I think this is interesting, and I don't care that we haven't arrived at any jokes yet. Because I I know you changed the conversation to to talking about b- the bananas in my room because you were worried that what we were talking about isn't funny. But I have a sort of competing theory about the interest of podcasts, which is that like obviously they have to be a balance of both, but that, you know, like funny things really do come from, they start from the place of interest that, and the topic of interest that you're, you're sort of wrestling with. And that you like, if you worried less about it being funny, then, you know, it would, it'd be fine. We'd eventually arrive at jokes and it's fun to hear talk about things. People talk about things that they're interested in. And finally, what I'll say is I also know that you don't like, us talking about podcasting on the podcast but i'm breaking that rule just because i think at the heart of this is a is a conversation about our collaboration so i wanted to get your opinion about that well sam you've fully denuded me um (laughs) i am naked as a as a newborn babe but uh yeah no i'm not i'm not against it sure yeah if, if you um, yeah, it's true. I guess I'm like, oh, you know, how long do you talk about one thing? How long do you talk about another thing? What do people want to hear? Um, you know, I made, I made, I made one call, but could have been the wrong yeah. call. I also, I mean, yeah, let's keep trying. Is there something else you wanted to say? No, I, I, uh, I was curious to test that out because, um, my mom said she was like, oh, Felipe really dictates what we, what you guys talk about uh, on the podcast. And uh, that just got me thinking. Yeah. Well, um, do you want to did you have any, you know, I mean, if I'm being honest, I think that what what st- stresses me out sometimes about talking about politics is that, first of all, I hear political podcasts all, all the time. So I mm-hmm. never feel like I have an insight that I haven't heard elsewhere. I guess mm-hmm. you could say, well, you know, it's our job, not our job. Ugh. Uh, what we're doing here is we're grabbing the the rainwater and sort of bringing it to people who might not have been able to get their rainwater from the roof right. of their homes, if that makes <laughs> yes, sense. Exactly. Um, we are we are we are going to the king's court and learning about astronomy mm-hmm. and then going to the peasants and telling them what we learned there. So <laughs> so that might be fine for me to hear something on a certain political podcast and then regurgitate it. But I do feel self-conscious about it because I always think, oh, first of all, this isn't my own opinion. This is something someone else has said. And secondly, I have, whenever we talk about politics on uh, on the podcast, like I always feel like I, I was thinking the other day, I feel like talking about politics is almost like talking another, a, a different language in the sense that like, I'm, I listen to poli- the people talk about politics all the time, and I think I'm, I can understand it really well. But it's when I speak, I'm like, oh, I'm nowhere near as articulate or knowledgeable as the people I listen to the all the time. Bernie Sanders to be the president. <laughs> I, 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 I like Bernie Sanders. I, 
Oh, Joe Biden is stupid. <laughs> uh, the Bernie Sanders, he, he good. What do you think, Felipe? Um, 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 me? I like healthcare. <laughs> um, so those are sort of my twin anxieties. And then, yeah, it's like, you know, I guess we're still finding our voice. And I think, are we... Are we the most knowledgeable about politics? Mm. But I feel like I'm getting, you know, I'm, 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 we're like the shadows on Plato's cave where I'm getting the second hand of the second hand. When it comes, we've done no primary research. Right. We're not looking at primary, (laughs) primary sources. Exactly. Yeah. But, and, and. And we don't want to like crib like Chapo because because someone like Matt Chrisman, he's our colleague now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Felix Peterman, he's he's yeah. kind of a colleague of ours. Oh, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It wouldn't be fair to do that to a kind of co-worker. No, it's true. You know? It's true. We'd be kind of elbowing in on their on their market. <laughs> Whereas they can't talk about their friendship for about an yeah. hour and a half. That's something we have on them. Exactly, exactly. They can't talk about how much anxiety Sarah or Felipe has experienced. This exactly, week exactly. That's that's our lane. That's where we edge them out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if and if they started talking about that stuff, I would I would have a conversation with them because I'm one of their colleagues, you know. Well, I've been and DMing I, like, them. I've been number. DMing yeah. them every day. <laughs> yes every day i dm them when they do a joke that i've thought of or if i hear them say something that i thought before i'm like i've been dming them like please stop and i've been saying i'm gonna i'm gonna um pursue legal action i'm not going obviously i can't but i'm trying but i would just say that every single day and they haven't yeah responded in fact well i've been blocked i can't see their tweets anymore but i still try i make new accounts and i mm. try damn it's caught co- it's gotten to the point where we need to have a kind of um like a treaty of versailles style meeting with with chapo and true anon where we kind of get, all get together and divide up the like number of listeners there are in the world mm-hmm. into into different sections you know brother i think i think we're i think our colleagues is uh is uh okay stupid and um and uh, maya's a uh, for uh, maya sharma and justin linville's uh coming podcast have you heard about that yeah I'm sure, but you know, the, those are colleagues in the sense the way, like, um, you know, the way uh, the 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 CEO of Raytheon is colleagues with uh, with the 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 heat seeking missile. You know, you know, it's just co- almost completely different categories. They're so far apart. Whereas, you know, someone like someone like um, like uh, Will Menneker, you know, he's like. He's at the table, the decision making mm-hmm. table, right, yeah. right there with us. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. It's true that we are. <laughs> it's more as if they were Walmart and we were Target. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And and Maya's podcast is a heat seeking missile <laughs> exactly. coming right for the two of us. <laughs> right through, right to the Des Moines shopping center where we both are well let me ask you this if you're so smart what do you want to talk about (laughs) um i i uh was talking with my my brother the other day and we asked like we were talking about raising children and stuff and 
and it, it somehow we came upon the question of like what oh no 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 a different context my cousin asked this question on a zoom call which is like what would you what advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago he's like 13 so like give him give him a break on that kind of question you know no, hey i mean i yeah i mean i think that's actually a very sweet question for a 13 year old to ask okay then forget what i said forget <laughs> what a that stupid I was just little mean. asshole <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's german too so english is like his second language yeah, so he doesn't yeah. even understand the kind of the linguistic and cultural context of that question you know that it's like break. corny and silly and for like you know a thing you, you'd ask at like a sleepaway camp well germans that's kind of the german idiosyncrasy they're sort exactly. of they're sort of idealists and yes starry-eyed poets exactly yes yes and he said write a poem to make it so um, what, what advice and, did you give yourself well i i said i was like oh i wish i had been on the internet more um, <laughs> I wish I had been indoors all the time and uh, <laughs> just um, <laughs> just riling myself yeah. up reading things on the internet, <laughs> angry that I couldn't see that I didn't have friends to hang out with on Fridays. <laughs> well, I I was like I wish I had been on the internet more. You know, like I think I I think I could have spent a little more time there because i don't know i feel sort of like i'm always playing catch up and stuff and it's and i don't find the internet at, at always like a really enjoyable place to be um but but then um we, we, i was talking about it with cole and we we sort of moved maneuvered it he was like what's that about and we kind of landed on like oh it was really about me like wanting to have sort of time alone to sort of pursue my own interests on the internet like i think i lived in a household with like a lot of siblings and i sort of like just took on the interests that they had because the kind of the, the 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 tools and sort of equip equipment of their interests was like already in front of me so i was like oh yeah like i guess i play soccer because we have a lot of soccer balls or like i guess i'll do punk because or be into punk music because like there's a lot of like Cole's listening to a lot of punk and and there's a lot of um I was gonna say there's a lot of books about punk. There weren't a lot of books about <laughs> punk in my house, but but like it you know, these were the people I spent time with and and so I like I sort of took on their interests. But that's what that was about. But I but I I always feel like embarrassment that I'm like playing catch up on the internet, particularly in the context of you, because you spent a lot of time alone on a computer when you were a kid not having sex you know mm -hmm. not getting pussy well when did you, you have sex for the first people. time <laughs> i was like 11 12? yeah 11 mm -hmm. yeah it was with a uh brazilian model a monk uh, a monk <laughs> brazilian a brazilian priest ball yeah. <laughs> um and and cole who actually spent a way more time on the internet when we were kids really um, what was he doing on the internet I don't know what he was doing. I, I think I was I the story I had about myself is, oh, I was always outside running around. That was that was me as a kid or like doing little making little stuff um, like art. I was into like art and drawing. And then like he was more on the Internet. And, 
I don't know. Maybe there's like some sort of material reason why, because like there was only one computer in the house and it was in the kitchen and we had to share it between like four siblings and stuff. But anyways, the, 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 the long winded version of this explanation or, or, or the sort of final point was I was expressing a sense of, 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 of like, of, of embarrassment and insecurity about like having missed out on some part of the internet and, and how that's like a deficiency that er, those early experiences are like a deficiency in my life and relationships now. And Cole was like, yeah, maybe, but he's like, you know, I listen to the podcast, Sam. And I also think that like, I, I see like Felipe and, and Sarah and they're like, often like really anxious and like nervous all all the time about stuff that's like happening on the internet and and he was like maybe that comes from being on the internet more as a child mm-hmm. um and i didn't know what to think about that but i was wondering what you th- what you think about that yeah so no. that's the thing i wanted to talk about yeah. to loop back to your to your question no i think that that's true i mean there was this article that came out <sighs> couple years ago that was like i can't it was called like the the lost generation or something but it was basically like there's there's all these trends towards kids being more anxious kids being more depressed kids having less sex blah 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 and it's all kind of correlated with social media and the internet and i believe it i do think that they're kind of anxiety anxiety making um and and you're like a you believe it because of your own personal experience with it? I mean, it's hard to say. I think I have memories of anxiety as a kid that are unrelated to the internet. I was yeah. a fearful kid. Um, and I could be, those could be, all that anxiety could be related to media. I'm sure that like looking at a screen a lot, like watching TV, because I, I didn't, I don't know when I started being on the internet, but but I have memories of like, being really anxious about dying or I talked about this on the pod, but uh, there was going to be a meteor that was going to hit earth when we were like kids and all that stuff was like kind of under. So all those things, those things were unrelated to the internet, I'd say. Um, So it's hard for me to say that the internet made me anxious. Um, But it does certainly exacerbates my anxiety. And another thing is, I you were all you were already a little coward. I was already a little yeah, a little fraidy cat. <laughs> yeah, and the internet is where you could go to see all of the things that are going to hurt you. But I did I did have I have um this like my cousin for a long time. I hope it's okay that I'm talking about him. I I don't know whatever. But he like had all these issues with like intense fear. Like he mm. couldn't, he couldn't be in a room alone. And like, he had these like really vivid sort of fantasies that made him afraid. And at some point it was like connected to the fact that he played a lot of video games and he didn't play like particularly scary video games, but it could be that, I I don't know, this is like armchair psychology, but it could be that like looking at screens sort of like stimulates you in a way that that creates yeah. like fear and anxiety even if even if the images aren't like related to fear and anxiety i don't know if that's true but i think being out in nature and and moving your body makes you relaxed so 
I can at yeah. least say that much. Yeah. And um, whereas imagining yourself as a little Pikachu running mm-hmm. around collecting you imagine coins. yeah you imagine being inside of a pokeball and you go crazy <laughs> <laughs> yes yes or be or like that you're a little italian man inside mm-hmm. of a huge palace Dude, running away from spiders i've been playing i only allow myself to play video games like at night when i am done with like all the things i want to do during the day and i'll play dark souls and that game like leaves me shaking like i'm not with anger with or fear um i it's not even like anger i mean it, yeah it is it's like frustration fear at how yeah. fear at how bad yeah. how, how hard it is yeah it's so hard it's scary the, <laughs> no dude the demons are i mean it really is you have to like start you have to play over every level over and over because you keep getting killed by the demons and i'll just and every time you start the level it's like okay i have one shot to do this and you start it creates like a lot of anxiety and these zombies mm. jump out at you but it's like this is not the way to go to sleep this is not the right pre-bed ritual <laughs> <laughs> i and knowing what i know about that game and knowing what i know about you i think this is a match made in heaven totally oh man i'm i'm hitting my thigh <laughs> i'm hitting the chair i'm gritting my teeth <laughs> yeah 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 exactly (laughs) exactly oh dude and i'm trying to download it i'm trying to i find i'm trying to download an emulator to play zelda on the computer because i don't want to buy a switch trying to make that work has been dark souls times 10 because there's so many like Mm. glitches i have to figure out and troubleshoot so i've spent Mm. like the other day i spent between like 11 and 1 a.m trying to make this work and just driving myself insane well well, and that is another thing that you love driving myself insane and particularly technical troubleshooting see i don't love it i hate it but i do end up having to do it a lot Mm. maybe 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 i have maybe maybe the the adrenaline rush i i mistake it for anger but really it's a kind of excitement i think so i think so i think that maybe there's something there's like a little gland inside of your brain that gets like tickled a little finger like presses it and tickles it both in the dark souls context it's the same gland in the dark souls context that is it is in the technical troubleshooting context yeah the same way that some people need to jump do skydiving i I need to try to figure out how to get the keyboard and mouse to work on zelda breath of the wild exactly exactly yes well oftentimes when you're troubleshooting before the podcast and and uh, and during the podcast because technical difficulties fill in which is totally understandable and I, and i i think to myself oh there is a version of felipe that loves this and loves doing this or else it wouldn't i don't think it would be happening i don't know if i that's, love doing it a- but it makes me anxious to think something's going wrong yeah yeah. So it definitely my brain goes to it and tries to solve it, but I don't know if I love to do it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Fair I enough. I don't know, you know, maybe there's something there's some Freudian thing happening. Yeah, it's like a it's technical troubleshooting is like the the little skeleton demon that you have to slay with like a a, a broadsword. Damn, dude. That game is very cool. Do does does the fantasy like imagery like interest you at all because i know that that's that's not your thing no you know at first i didn't like it i thought oh this game is too sober 
um, it's not like stylish enough. It's not pretty enough. It's like everything looks mm. like like if you went online and you typed in night 3D model, that's what you would see. You know, it's not like a beautiful character that you can identify or anything. But then as time went on, I was like, no, it's like you're in like a gothic painting. Like and mm. actually the fact that the game is hard and that the game is not pretty, it's just sort of it just looks kind of the way it looks makes it mm. adds to mm. this feeling that you're playing like an adult game or something or that it's serious and and. And the kind of soberness feels like, I don't know. I've just been really feeling. Yeah, it's like doing your taxes. It's like a thing adults uh, yeah, do. Yeah, maybe not quite. But <laughs> you're going to your have kids one in day. A medieval world. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're going to have kids one day, and you'll have been absent for like five or six hours during the middle of the day, and your kids will be like, "Where has Dad gone?" And then they enter your room, and you're playing Dark Souls, yeah. and they're like, and you're like. Go out, shut the door, okay? I'm doing something serious and sober and adult right now. This is my job. It's, I, Cole, Cole was playing um, a little bit of uh, Bloodborne. Yeah. Which is also like made by the same company. Uh, and I thought the, the it, it's like, um, it's like Victorian. Yeah. And I, I thought I was like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> it is pretty corny, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I haven't played it enough to see if I think it's stupid or not. It is yeah. a little cornier though than medieval. Yeah, yeah, real like two thousand six shit. It's like yeah, know? steampunk a little bit. No, claw steampunk. Or, no, uh, what's Tim, Tim, Tim Burton and clockpunk. Like, what am I thinking of? Not steampunk. Fuck, it's not called gear punk? <laughs> no, what the fuck is it called? Clock? I don't know. Clock punk? Punk rock. Yeah. No. Pop punk. Clock <laughs> punk. What am I thinking of? Steampunk and then there's Yeah, it's there aren't a lot of gears in the game. Like it's not like futuristic uh technologies that are like powered by steam and gears, but it is like still the same like late victorian uh like uh all, all that like queen's Anne architecture like people with people who are, are dressed up like little dolls and you feel, stuff like you that you feel like you you're know, in your native lots of like vials you feel like you're in your native boston exactly exactly <laughs> yeah bloodborne like takes a, place a in boston <laughs> there's a 12 often when i'm walking down the streets of 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 um boston avenue i see a 12 foot werewolf and then i take a swig from a little goblet that makes me be able to see in the dark so that i can whip out a uh a, a like a musket a, a, gun a, yeah gun but it's like a like a flintlock what's it called like a not a bow and arrow but like a crossbow it's like a crossbow uh they always have those and then i sh and i kill it mm -hmm. yeah van helsing style and they write for the uh, Harvard Lampoon. <laughs> the werewolf does? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they... Um... Yeah, go on. <laughs> what the fuck was I going to say? No, I was just going to say that... Did Cole bring a PlayStation to Cape Cod? No, we played at his house. We also played um, the Red Dead Redemption too. Uh, how was that? really really fun really fun 
a game that's both gorgeous, interesting to look at, and also fun to play. They're killing people in that game is more realistic than like any other game. So it makes you played. feel sad. <laughs> no, uh. they go, no, no, it makes me feel good. I don't want to die. No. <laughs> I am, I'm able to enact my retributive fantasies on American expansion, mm. you know, in the American frontier. It's you can both enact fantasies about westward expansion, and then you, in your head, you name characters, people that have wronged you in the comedy community. Exactly. So you give them a name, like say, I don't know, Johnny, to not say the name of someone real, and you go, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you tie him up like yeah. a hog and you drag and him I, behind your horse and then I can grill I can grill a little bit of trout next to them and pet my horse because yeah. those are things you can do in the game <laughs> very cool did you play online? I, when, when I, I didn't play online, no when I, when I was playing it though, Felipe I thought of you because I was like because Cole and I were like taking turns playing it and I was like, oh how can I have fun with it. Like, how can I play this game the way Felipe would play it? <laughs> <laughs> and and I started, I was like, it was at nighttime and I was like going up to this cabin. I didn't know if anyone was in the cabin. And I like got my character to like crouch down low. And then the like walk sequence when they're like crouch running is really funny. <laughs> and I was just doing that around the circle. And I was like, damn, what if you just came outside your cabin and this guy was out here doing this? <laughs> uh, I played Grand Theft Auto with Will, and I, I know people already do this. This is a thing you can go online and, and find, but we would get the invincibility cheat code and then the, the cheat code that drops you from the sky, and he kept dropping himself <laughs> from the sky and just slamming into the ground and then standing back up. <laughs> so yeah. funny. And I saw your stories, and, and they say like, God damn it. Yeah, he hits the you ground and he's like, ah, oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, Man. Yes. That game's fun. That is fun. Yeah, it's funny that they, they had to solve all these things. Like, so in, in that game, you in Red Red Redemption 2, you can murder somebody, but like, if another person sees it, then they're like a witness and they like gallop away. And then within like 15 or 20 seconds of them gabbling away, like the law is on you and like a bunch of people with guns come and try to kill you. Oh. So there's like, it's not like limit, limitless. It's not the true, it's not the true West. I, you know? I'm um, always frustrated by think by mechanics like that because it's like, you know, they'll always be described if there's ever a review, it'll be like, Wow, look at the level of detail. If you kill someone and someone sees you, they'll go tell someone and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then, like, the the mechanic has these, like, stupid limits where it's like, the law comes for you and then you, like, hide in a box for 10 minutes and they forget. You know, so it's like, yes. how realistic is this mechanic? Or is it just this yes. shallow thing that... Yes, it's true. Like, And also, like, everyone's walking along... E e you're like dropped in this huge massive map and there's like little roads along it and like everyone's people come upon the road and the first person i saw i was like oh here's a person like i'm in the middle of the wilderness and i killed them and then like a per another person in with like a wagon came up like right after and it was like i was like this is like 
the BQE. There's like tons <laughs> of people on this road. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. And none of them are talking to each other or like walking close to each other. It's like they're they're all like spread out. And and uh, anyways, it's it's another way in which like, yes, the games it's like they need to put limits on your behavior, I think, because maybe that's interesting. Uh to have to feel like oh yes you are doing something transgressive but then it's like but they also want to make it feel realistic and so yeah they they've have to battle those two design impulses man love video games been really loving them mm. Mm. was was there ever a video game could you imagine a video game that you played that would like cause you no anxiety and would have not not created the kind of the kind of dark souls ah, like hmm. impulse in you that's a good question i don't know i don't know dude i get stressed about all kind i get really competitive <laughs> it's true i was thinking about the video game harvest moon where you're a little guy that works at a farm and you like have a farm and then you find one of the girls in the town and you marry them and then you have a little kid with one of the girls and then you like raise your kid however you want and even then mm. i was like fuck stacy is at the at the shop i have to find her before she leaves the shop because i want to marry her fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry guys i i gotta go i gotta i gotta like take a walk <laughs> stacy's out of the shop fuck <laughs> i wanted to marry her <laughs> yeah i think i'm trying to think i don't know I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just now rediscovering games, but I do like games that, you know, have a little bit of stakes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That that do make you do that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when it's I hear fun. You. See, I, I, I look you, at brother. people playing that game um, Animal Crossing. I'm like, what is the appeal of this game? Yes. I mean, maybe yeah. if I played it, I get it. But it's just like you're like a dog and you plant seeds. Like, who cares? Yeah. Do you yeah. even know what you do in that game? You just make a town, or you make a island? I don't know. I, I, I but I, I guess there's like a social dimension to it that's like people like. I guess. Like you're playing with other people online. I think it's more fun. I think, I think it's more fun if there's a social dimension to a game where you have a gun and you can kill someone. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a much more yes. interesting social yes. dimension. Absolutely. Yes. Well, some people have fantasies that are domestic in nature they imagine having a clean kitchen you know or a little room that looks the way they want it to look mm -hmm. a bunch of parsley uh in a line on their front yard and they are a bird yes. with a huge head yes but guys like you and me we we kind of don't understand that that the the kind of female sphere of that domestic fantasy no exactly exactly i like i think some there's something primordial about wanting to have a gun and sarah keeps sending me audio messages i kind of want to play it but it could be about you know some day she went out or something <laughs> hey felipe um i'm just i just got tested again and it's positive and also i really think our friendship's kind of not it's not really working out the way i want it to and i I'm going to go, I'm breaking up with you friendship wise, but then I'm going to go die. <laughs> she, COVID. she plays that. And then I just put this on that goes, R -r -r Raisin Man Arena. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm going to.
hey, Sarah, I'm not going to play the audio because I'm recording Raisin Man right now with Sam, but if you want to send a little message to the Raisin Man listeners, I can play that over the microphone. Tell me what you think. Just the I, kind I of will listen to your like message, to but after the thing, when I'm not recording anymore, but I'll listen to the new message you send because I just don't want to play a message that's compromising on air if you said something about some date or something. Can you also tell her that I, if she wants to send me a voice message, I would be happy to listen to it later? Sam says that if you want to send him a voice message, he would be happy to listen to it later. And if you wanted, you could also send me a voice message and I could play it on the mic and Sam would hear it. So that's another mm -hmm. option that you have. And now we wait. I was listening <laughs> to um, this, uh, the Metallica, uh, Metallica Live album. And the song didn't start for two entire minutes of people cheering. Wow. And it's like... Was that a whole track in itself or that was the start of a song? No, I wanted to hear the song and it's just people cheering and then you hear... <laughs> and then you... It's a track... No, it's not like track... Like bonus track people cheering. <laughs> oh, yeah, <obvious>. yes. <laughs> it's like taken from the internet yeah. from like a free website. <laughs> no, it's people cheering and then there's like a machine gun sound so... So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess that on stage they were doing some sort of pyrotechnics show, but you don't get to see it. So it's just this like long ass preamble to the song. With like a, uh, a suggestion of like a mass shooting. I guess so. I don't know what's happening on stage. Maybe, um, hmm. I don't know. Did Metallica ever have that kind of aesthetic? I don't think they were ever like. The mass shooting I don't shooting think aesthetic. mass shooters like this Metallica, you know? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I knew that a lot of Israeli kids liked Metallica because I went to a school where there was a lot of Israeli kids. In Argentina, they like them too. I think that people yeah. people in other countries just like the bands that are old from here. Mm. They have an actually hmm. a healthier cultural uh, uh, approach to culture, which is that they like bands for a long time. It's not like, oh, the album came out last year. That musician's old. I don't listen to them anymore. They're like, I love Pink Floyd. Mm. You know what I mean? They're like dads. A little bit. They like just have keep a collection of the greats. It's just we have we have this breakneck cultural <clears throat> pace that's like music is coming out all the time. But yeah, brother, that's because we're on the cutting edge. We're right at the nucleus. Everyone's standing far away from the fire, you know, and you're we're passing the cooked food back to them, but we're right at the fire itself, you know. Yeah, but are we really getting are we really getting filling food or are we just getting a bunch of candy all the time? Hmm. I'm looking at my dish right now and it's filled with like melted Snickers and stuff and like and marshmallows and I think that's filling. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. What a meal. Good enough for me. Now this is a meal. And a little piece of cod. <laughs> it's so funny in Argentina like when I went uh, I can't remember it was like 14 or 15 2015 or something and like Roger Waters had just gone and everybody that I talked to keep in mind all middle class Argentinians but it was like everybody had either gone to see Roger Waters or had a story about when Roger Waters was in Argentina. Um, mm. And uh, it was just funny. I was like, he would, you know, it's just because they get, they have like one big stadium or just a couple big stadiums. And then the fa the famous bands come every once in a while. It shuts down traffic in the city for an entire day. And then they're gone. Wow. At the Buenos Aires Opera House. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Huh. 
now they're kind of coming out of it. I think that they liked rock and roll music for like much like Argentine rock musicians. I think I've said this before, but Argentine rock musicians were playing like the blues through the nineties. Like they were still playing the blues. Like dum 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 like that. There's Argentine musicians still yeah. doing that shit into the nineties. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And you can just kind of travel back in time by going to one of America's kind of cultural satellite states, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. One of the vassal vassal states. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I've mentioned this a lot before, but like it is, it is funny to like, like I, when I was in Portugal a couple of years ago, there was all these guys like teens and people our age, like hanging out on the streets and they all, they had a real like kind of like Jack Sparrow aesthetic, like, like lots of rings and yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Likenesses and stuff. And I was yeah. like, this sucks. This is so old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, man. What a wasteland. What a wasteland. <laughs> well, people in Argentina now are really into trap. And they're, st- I mean, they're there and they've been there for a few years and they're gonna, that's what they call all kind of rap music, which is called trap. Mm, trap. 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 Like that. Yeah. <laughs> trap. 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 I like trap. Me gusta trap. Me gusta trap. <laughs> ah. Hola. Me gusta trap. Oh, okay. Te gusta Roger Waters? <laughs> <laughs> eh, me gusta Roger Waters. Me gusta trap. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Waters es uh, trap. <laughs> Eh, Metallica me gusta eh, Kendrick Lamar eh, Metallica es uh, es trap eh, los blues es trap trap y, y me gusta me gusta mucho man man what brave new world are we entering did you see those pictures of uh oregon and uh uh the the bay area no they're like orange why because of the fires okay why didn't this come up when i googled new york times and went on their front page well because the 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 coast the eastern coastal elites can't be bothered to report on what's happening inside of the uh the western coastal elites world exactly yeah they're gonna bury that oregon uh and you know why uh you want to ask me why the why it's orange in oregon yeah why is it orange in oregon because we have a Cheeto for a president. Ooh. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of build off of that and a little more. he is okay. orange. So he's, so there's like Cheeto dust coming off of him? Yes. Because he farted. Okay. And he, yeah, and he, he farts Cheeto dust. <laughs> because he farted yeah. and he cummed and it he was Cheeto dust. Che- Cheeto dust. Yeah. Right. And he was in California or it just goes straight there. It went straight there from um, oh, okay. <laughs> from Mar-a-Lago. Right, right. It took yeah, it, his headquarters. It took the the hurricane winds 
sent it all the way uh -huh. to the Bay Area. Yes. Yes. And it traveled, wow. it traveled like the, like through a jet stream into the West Coast, the Cheeto dust. Mm-hmm. And, and the, that jet stream, stream is actually getting stronger because of climate change. Exactly. So those two things were working in tandem. And there, wow. are you seeing the picture? As they often, you hate when they, those things work in oh, tandem. Oh, it's true. You hate to see that. Um, I can't, he was like, I can't, I can't wait to come because my cum is Oops. Cheeto dust and it's going to Oops. travel by the hurricane on the jet stream. It's going to travel on, and you hate to see those things work, work in tandem. <laughs> it's the Cheeto dust from my fart is going to travel to the West Coast. Folks, there's a couple different layers to the bit. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a Cheeto, uh, but I also... I fart Cheeto dust and I come Cheeto dust too. Oh, I'm kind of losing. Him. He's becoming uh, a little still, I've been still cranking myself up from that the uh, trailer when he's like, "I demand loyalty. loyalty. I demand absolute loyalty." <laughs> You're working with me. <laughs> I've treated the most unfairly of any president. And, and that actor's like, he's like. Uh, you're gonna meet with the president tonight, and then it, like a door opens, and there's dead silence, a beat from the music. And he's like, "Alone." <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> you remember that? Where he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." The meeting is alone. <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> you have five hundred. We have five hundred days to the election, and a and a bunch of phones on these desks we have, that we have to look through. We have 50 days to the election and a bunch of little pieces of paper to look at. We have 40 days to the election and a, one bit to link the Oregon wildfires and, mm -hmm. the, and the Cheeto in chief. Oh, yeah. Let's get on it. The Cheeto. What? The Cheeto in chief. Did you see the pictures? Yeah. Uh, Oregon fire. Okay. And now I'm going to click images because that's how I go, right? Yeah, if you click images, wow. usually that's what it'll show you. Ooh, it's gorgeous, to be honest. <laughs> I guess so. It's breathtaking. I guess you're right. I guess there is a silver lining, uh, mm. mm -hmm. which is that it looks really pretty. But keep in mind, you see, see those pictures? Felipe, that's daytime. That's noontime. No, That's not really? nighttime. What does nighttime look like? Uh, I don't know. Fire. Organ fire. Nighttime. Hmm. I'm getting some of the same images again. Ah. It looks honestly a little less. It looks more darker. Ah. Which which kind of complies with my own imagination of what night is like in the West. Were you about to say that this is the kind of thing that gives me anxiety from being on the internet? Yeah, well, see, I was just, as a kind of case study, I look at the images and I think, ah, that's that's pretty. You know, there's a little, there's a kind of a, a one foot guy inside of a uh, a forest and it's, and it's, it's on fire, but it's all orange. And there's like, you can see the outline lean outlines of trees that are on fire, but the trees are, are all in black, you know? And these are just the little tricks that I do to keep my, save myself from depression and world weary on we well i don't feel per i mean i think it is scary but i don't feel the kind of the kind of um uh visceral fear that i feel when i read about other stuff about climate change i don't know why 
I don't know why I don't feel it. But, you know, maybe I don't have to move to L.A. now. Yes, that's true. That would be you one can upside. dispel kind of all your concerns about definitively taking a step into the entertainment world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I guess that's a positive thing that's going to come out of this. Yeah. You can get on a call with, with your manager and say, yeah, but what about the wildfires? Yeah. Hey, I see these wildfires. So is like Hollywood still going to be happening or and can he, I do it from here? And he, and, can I do it from my room? Yeah. And Ethan's, and Ethan says, yes, yes, Felipe. And in fact, the wildfires make it so people really want to watch your weird stuff. Uh, Weird stuff. They want to see weird stuff that's not like Family little... Guy now. <laughs> they want to see this. The de moment demands a little one minute animation about a gun that talks. <laughs> and the mo and people want people who have a good uh, life work balance. Yes, that would, they it, we in this fantasy world. It's not even up to me. Someone else would have to decide that we for me. We want you to get we we want you to date a nice, loving woman <laughs> or or person, and and spend a lot of time with your children as well. Yeah, and you can you can do it because <laughs> of the fires. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you can make little zines yeah. all you want. <laughs> Felipe, the moment calls for it. All of the simple town zines are making millions. <laughs> <laughs> they're what they're they're what's stopping the fire oh my god they're what's stopping the fire <laughs> um man well i think we're kind of coming up i decided we shouldn't do half uh, hour and a half ups i think hour is good yeah no that works for and me i think that it, i think that our, the, this episode has sort of a mountain in the middle but if you can get past it and you get to the other side, there's some good stuff at the, right now that we've just been talking mm. about. Interesting. Wait, what's the mountain? Yeah. I don't know. There was a moment where I was like, oh, this might be a mountain. Mm. Maybe the video game stuff? I can't mm. even remember. Okay. See, that's the thing. I'm just like, do we know? Are we knowledgeable about, about video games? There's people who are very knowledgeable about video games. Maybe I'm just getting in my head. You know, it's like people just want to hear us talk because they love us. Exactly. And they want to kiss exactly. us. And they're interested in the things that we think about. Ah, uh, yes. And, and You're right about that, I guess. And also bringing everything back to kind of our relationship with each other, uh, you mean, Sarah. Yes. You know, that, that's kind of the perennial topic that's at, at the heart of every conversation, you know? Yeah. I guess, I guess that, I guess that my, my diligent work ethic comes with another side, which is uh, a ruthless self-criticism. And self, uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say hate, but for lack of a better word, self-hate. So I never trust that anything I could be talking about would be that interesting. Conversely, we make this podcast. And I think that, you know, ultimately I do make people listen to it. So, Yeah, you make people, you force people to listen to mm -hmm. it, dude. And that's great. Well, on every date that I've been, I've been like, hey, you mind if I put this on while we hook up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I play a little music and then it, and then you and then your date's like, wow, you have such a good work ethic, but it comes with all these dark sides. But I'm willing to swallow those things because I can see that it really helps you. you no, know? my date's like, hey, you're a little bit knowledgeable about politics. You're a little bit knowledgeable about video games, but none of these things are really quite hitting. 
you're talking about Red 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 Dead Redemption, which came out like a year and a half ago, and Dark Souls, mm-hmm. which came out in 2015. Yeah, you're, you're late, you're, buddy. You're kind of cr- you're kind of cribbing on your colleague Will Menneker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like I think I think for the sake of the length, we should stop. But I'm having fun. Felipe, I'm so glad. I'm glad you're having fun. You know, well, one of the things in in your sort of uh, your kind of domineering and self-critical mind is, you know, you put a lot of pressure on other people who you collaborate with. So, you know, I know Sarah felt like she really wanted to do well with you when you were on the podcast. And likewise, I also wanted to, you know, perform well for you on the podcast. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're having fun. Was Sarah afraid that we wouldn't do well? No, I mean, it's just like, I think if you're like, oh, no, like we should do a one like you and I, you know, then it's like, oh, this person has expectations about like how this is going to go, you know? Well, okay, well, that's something for me to think about because I don't want you guys to feel like pressured. Obviously, it's like whatever comes out, comes out. It should come out. It should come from a yeah. place of of enjoyment, not a place from of feeling like I'm going to be mad or something. I hear you, brother. And we're and we're all here trying to create that, you know, but you got to do your part, too. Do you feel like I should have done something different to make you feel more comfortable? No, I think but I think you you should have a less rigid sense about what's worth and not. worth. Uh, talking okay. about, you know, OK, well, I'll think about that. There's little gem. There's little gems in everything, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that uh, I think we're good. <laughs> That was the mountain. That's, That's the mountain. That's the mountain you have to climb. Right there. <laughs> there was a mountain in the middle and then a dip and then a uh-huh, mountain at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also while we're talking about it, I'll start taking out the trash more. I know I'm not taking out the trash. I'll start doing it. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. And there's uh, almonds in my room, but I'm uh, not going to touch the almonds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I love you, wait, man. Wait, are we hanging up? Oh, I mean, I have to go back to work. Ah, that's right. I still have some work to do. Okay. All right. Well, well, we can stop recording and then talk a little bit. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. I think. Hey, what is um the Twitter of that girl with the really big tits that you like? <laughs> Raisin Man Arena.